This is the Lake Point Sports Podcast. Now, here's Corey McCartney. Welcome in to another episode of the Lake Point Sports Podcast. I'm Corey McCartney. As we continue our look back at the recent Youth Sports Summit on campus, we move into a topic that has been a major talking point across amateur sports, name, image, and likeness. Host Kelsey Winger sits down with a panel that includes Drew Butler, the former Georgia punter who went on to an NFL career with the Cardinals and Steelers. He's with Icon Source, helping to empower college players on building their personal brand. He's also joined by Georgia State Director of Athletics Charlie Cobb and Greg Venner from KT Tape, all of whom have some interesting perspective on NIL and where things are headed. A reminder that after you're done enjoying this show, you can go back and listen to more from the Youth Sports Summit. You can find all the Lake Point Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Also, be sure you're following Lake Point Sports on social media. That's following on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and also subscribing on YouTube. Now, I'll turn things over to Kelsey Winger. So, I think this is going to be an awesome panel. Obviously, the NIL law that just passed was a major news story, and we're able to cover it here from three different angles. We have someone who can give us an angle from a college sports professional um, example for us and how it's affecting college sports and those athletes. We have somebody from a brand side of things who can tell us what they're exactly looking for in athletes and how they're going to take advantage of this new law. And then we have someone who might be representing those athletes and helping them learn the best way to navigate through this new but incredible opportunity for the athletes. So... With that being said, Drew, I would love to start with you because this has been in the talks for a long time. When are players going to be able to own the rights of their name, image, and likeness in college amateur sports? How have you been preparing for the reality of this coming? Yeah, thanks, Kelsey. Um, Glad to be here. This is just an absolutely unbelievable facility, and uh, you guys are doing a lot of great stuff here. So myself, personally, I played football at the University of Georgia from 2007 to 2011. Went on to play in the NFL for five years as well for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Arizona Cardinals. Corbin Bryant, former teammate of mine with the Steelers. What's up, man? Um, NIL is really fascinating for me personally because as a former student athlete, I took a real keen interest in when the NCAA two years ago said, hey, in January of 2021, we're going to change the rules and student athletes are finally going to be able to be compensated for their individual name, image, and likeness. A lot of interest was put into that category. A lot of people were starting to partner up with schools and say, hey, how are we gonna prepare these kids for this really groundbreaking rule change? I think it's the most historic rule change in college sports in the last 100 years. Not shockingly, the NCAA dropped the ball. Uh, January 2021 came and passed. And then June 28th, 2021 was here. And July 1st was the hard line date. Kids are going to be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. Six states, including Georgia, had passed that law and said, regardless of what the NCAA says, student athletes in our state are going to be able to make money and not face consequences with their eligibility. And at the final 11th hour, the NCAA kind of waved the white flag and said, hey, let's let all 50 states play by the same rules. This thing's going to blow wide open. We were expecting that at Icon Source. Icon Source was founded in 2018 to provide a marketplace that connects brands with athletes. We have over 3,000 professional athletes. We work with their agents as well. We like to call ourselves the sales force of sports marketing. We tell agents, top agencies like CAA, IMG, Wasserman, we tell those agents, you should put your clients on Icon Source. You can manage them on Icon Source, much like how a real estate agent would put a home on Zillow 
much like how a vacation homeowner would put their property on Airbnb, because you get more eyeballs. You're going to get more activity. Now these athletes at the college level have the opportunity to represent themselves or have their marketing representation put them on there and get access to brands that want to activate them. I'm talking about hyper-local brands in Athens or Knoxville or Oxford, regional brands that are really interested in the SEC or the ACC or the Big Ten, and then national brands who are really starting to step into this space and they're strategizing right now how they're going to make an impact in week eight of the college football season when maybe somebody is rising up those Heisman ranks that wasn't even a thought at the beginning of the season. So we don't necessarily represent the players. We don't represent the brands. We are providing them the platform so that they can engage authentically with one another and facilitate a deal as a true agnostic third party and allow athletic directors and compliance officers to see this information in real time to make sure we're doing it the right way. We are for the student athletes. I always tell people, NIL is extremely convoluted. Who does what? Some companies act like they can do everything. Some companies want to educate. Some companies want to help disclose and monitor. We are a marketplace. We want to provide kids value and put money in their pockets because that, at the end of the day, is what we do when we connect brands with athletes. You have the unique perspective of being able to put yourself in the shoes of the athlete because you lived that life, but also having such close contact with the brands to know what all they can do and how they're going to do it. So, and we heard Paul Hewitt, I believe it was, that spoke about earlier how we could see it changing. Guys who might have a good deal at a school that they're going to, we might not see as many guys transferring or women transferring because of the opportunity that they have now that they wouldn't have had before. Is that the biggest way you see this changing the landscape of college sports? Yes, certainly. I mean, I'm obviously biased in in my opinions, and and I want to let that be known because we're for the student-athletes. You saw Gary Patterson, the head coach of TCU football, come out publicly three days ago saying, I need my boosters to pay our players so they stay at TCU. I mean, how great is that? He's saying, we have successful alumni here. Support our players, and you can do it the right way. I would say, come to Icon Source. We'll give you access to all of them, and we'll keep the athletic director and the compliance officer involved to make sure that these kids are having the time of their lives and really seeing that benefit. We think it funnels up, right? I think a great example is a city like Cincinnati, a football program that is a top 10 team right now. They almost knocked off Georgia in the Peach Bowl last year. If you're dealing with a quarterback prospect, who is maybe deciding between Cincinnati and Florida State. Florida State, obviously a popular brand. They're trying to build something better down there with Coach Norvell. Cincinnati's football recruiting department can tell that player, you have value here. People love you here. There are seven Fortune 100 companies in Cincinnati. People know who you are. Why go to Florida State, battle for a backup job for two years, and maybe or maybe not make a name for yourself? I think that right there is an opportunity for smaller schools to leverage NIL. I do not think that it's just for the top 1%, and that's why Icon Source was created. We want to invite 99% of athletes and 99% of brands to the table to facilitate deals and, most importantly, do it in the right way. And, Drew, you had teed me up for a question to Charlie earlier, but when we look at what this has done from an athletic director standpoint. Would you say that the NIL rule now complicates things for you or, or makes things a little bit easier for you as an AD? Yeah, it, it's, it's still yet to be determined. I think there's a lot of energy and excitement and enthusiasm about what it can be. Um, the reality for us, we probably have right at 400 athletes. I think we have about 35 kids that have 
an actual existing deal. A lot of it is tied to phones and social media. We, uh, we had a young man on our football team just, just uh, last week. Um, happens to be blessed with the name Sam. So Sam's Club is offering a $10,000 stipend to Sam's across the collegiate landscape. And Sam's actually a pretty good player. And Sam's Club said, hey, here's 10 grand. Here's what you're going to do with it. Um, he was excited about it, and 24 hours later, there's a dynamic within a group of kids on our football team. Where's mine? And so between the coach and I, we, we've laughed because you, you can see this coming with some of the division of where's the resource going. I'm, I'm an old center. I'm not going to get any NLI money um, coming through as a lineman. But I guarantee you my quarterback, my receiver, running back, the point guard on the basketball team, all those guys are going to get it when – I'm old enough, I'm a traditionalist. I used to say I was old school, now I'm a traditionalist. Um, but I'm old enough, I went to NC State back when Coach Valvano was coaching a basketball team. And one of my best friends was a guy named Chris Corciani who played point guard, a heck of an ACC basketball player. You knew that if you went and ate dinner with Chris, there were seven restaurants on Hillsborough Street that you could go have free, free dinner, free meal, whatever. So Chris said, hey, you want to get your pizza tonight? You went with Chris to go eat dinner. Now I'm sitting there laughing, and I was talking to him last week. I said, Chris, you can pretty much eat anywhere in North Carolina now. Like, like everything is taken care of. And so it's certainly changing the dynamic. It's changing the conversation with kids. Um, I, do, I do agree with what Coach said. It's going to level it. Um, I, I think the conversations I hear from our end, a lot of the stuff that's been under the table is now going to be above the table or at least on the table as part of recruiting goes. And, and that's – there's a good and a bad to that, but, but this thing clearly, it clearly hasn't been the, the, the end of college sports as everybody predicted um, when it started, and that's, I think, the exciting piece to it. Do you play any part in those conversations when different brands and athletes are coming to agreement, or do you have to approve of it, or, or what is the role that you might play? Yeah, you know, we, we delegate a, a lot of that to our compliance folks, and candidly, we don't get in the middle of it, um, and we've chosen not to. Um, strictly, they have, the kids have to disclose and, uh, and I think it makes it easier because uh, it, it, I think that was one of the great mistakes, especially for a mid-major school. Kids were coming to us saying, okay, what deals do you have available to us? And we're like, we can, we can put resources in front of you. Uh, but the reality for us is that, you know, the Georgia law is pretty particular by what it says, and there's certain things you can and can't do. And, uh, but the reality for us is like, hey, if you have the platform and the ability to go do it, please, we encourage you to go do it. Um, but there's also... I think the other piece of this that it's probably a little bit misleading as well is that kids have avenues to other sources of funds as well uh, beyond their scholarship. And so there's other monies that kids have access to to help make that college experience viable, if you will. Um, and so it's a little bit of, okay, are we headed down this road of pay for play? We're headed down that road, whatever you want to call it. Is it tomorrow? Is it two years from now? Is it five years from now? But we're certainly headed down that road. Um, you know, College sports division one level is a three and a half billion dollar enterprise. We're headed down that road. And and what it looks like, I think this is kind of the next evolution in that. Now, Greg, I would love to pivot to you um, because you have the unique perspective of you work for KT Tape, which if you aren't familiar with KT Tape, it's the leading kinesiology tape in the country. Um, they have a ton of incredible athletes who were already wearing their tape without even working out any kind of deal that was able to give you guys such an incredible platform and growth there. From a business side of things, what are you looking for if you were to be negotiating these deals or looking for athletes? Thanks. Thanks, Kelsey. Can I do this? Yeah. 
Third time. Okay, now I got yeah. it. Third time's the charm. I, you know, I feel like I'm on a uh, Microsoft Teams call. Because every time I answer a question, it's like, you're on mute. Okay, thanks. So here I am again. All right. Um, so th thank you, Kelsey. Uh, to the, uh, just before I get started to answer that question, to the Lake Point team, uh, this is my first visit here. What a fabulous facility. Thank you. Um, we're, we're thrilled to be your partner and look forward to a, a long relationship with you. So thanks again. Um, just to give you a perspective on um, you know, how we look at uh, athletes, and, and as we look at NIL at the collegiate level and beyond, um, we'll, we'll apply these same criteria, right? So importantly, our, our look at athletes has changed over time. Um, early in the, uh, our company's been around a little over 10 years. Early in the beginning of our company, Athletes um, were viewed as a way to grow awareness, grow trial, right? Become become the face of the brand for us. Um, now we look at more as validation of our product because we have other other avenues in which to, to grow awareness on a more reliable basis. And why do I say that? Um, we had a, uh, a long relationship with Olympic athletes. In 2017, after Rio, we had, I think we had about six athletes that were uh, part of our team, um, and we were still relying on them for awareness. Every one of them were hurt that year. So if, if an athlete's not competing and not using the product and not showcasing the product for us, then we build no awareness. So the money that we invested in those athletes that year really, really was for not for growing our business. Um, so we began to evolve the way we looked at it. So as, as we look at um, an, athlete, an athlete strategy, and I, and I um, encourage you all to think about it this way, um, why are you going to use an athlete? Right? What's, the, what's the use of the athlete to achieve your business objectives? Because at the end of the day, it's about achieving your business objectives. And an, and an athlete is uh, much like advertising, much like uh, your product itself, a way to achieving those objectives. And that, you know, that may say sound harsh, but you know, I'm the business guy, right? Um, and you know, we're we're the we're the guys with the with the money and the objectives, and it's all about uh, achieving those. And you know, frankly, my my career is about uh, if I don't deliver, you know, I don't have a career either. So uh, you know, we're all in that boat. So why why do you want to use an athlete, and what are you going and what do you expect them to achieve for you? So as I said earlier, you know, early on it was about awareness. Now it's about validation. And as we look at our athletes, um, it's about authentic use for us. That's not true for every brand, but for ours it is, because we are an essential piece of athletic equipment for a lot of athletes and for a lot of teams. If you have a soft, uh, soft injury, uh, a soft tissue injury, excuse me, um, you, you'll want to use our product, right? It keeps you in the game longer, it puts you back on the court, and that and that's clearly important. So we play uh, an incredibly important role uh, from an athletic perspective. What what do you um, so as you're looking at the athlete selection process, does that athlete represent who you um, want as the face of your brand? We've been very fortunate over time. Carrie Walsh Jennings, who most of you know, um, ended up being the face of our brand, a tremendous brand ambassador and authentic use. How do I know it's authentic use? Because she was wearing kinesiology tape before we had a company. 
So our founder saw her playing in the 2008 Olympics, saw a business opportunity, and signed her that year. And she's been uh, associated with, the, with our product ever since. Um, so what's the selection process? What do you want them to do? Um, and importantly, in that selection process, really understand who, who that athlete is and, do, and understand what they have done in the past. Uh, we've dodged some bullets. We're very close to signing some athletes. And that process uh, made us aware of some things that we wouldn't want to be associated with. Right? So from an athlete perspective, you know, social media is a, great, is a great vehicle, but it can also be a, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. So um, you know, we, have to, we have to do that due diligence because the athlete will continue to have a career, but they can damage our brand. And if we damage our brand, it's, it's very difficult to, to regain the trust of the consumer. Um, on the Watt side, what do you want them to do with the endorsement, right? You're sponsoring that athlete, but what are you asking them to do? What can they realistically do? And you want to ensure that that athlete's going to fulfill that promise. Because if they don't fulfill the promise, again, you're not getting the return on the, on, on the investment in the athlete. Um, from an activation standpoint, that's really the how. How, are you, how will you use that athlete? How are you going to activate it? When I first, when I first joined KT Tape, we had a relationship with James Harden. Terrific relationship for us. He was wearing tape in an authentic way. He was really using it as a believer in the product. Um, on our side, we did, at the time, uh, we didn't realize that from an activation standpoint, you need to invest two to three times whatever you're paying that athlete in order to activate them. The team at the time thought, well, if, he, if, if uh, James is wearing the product, that's good enough. Well, no, not really. You really have to do something with them. And as part of your endorsement deal, think through the what will you use them for. Write that into your deal. Don't write extra things in because it costs you more money. And the athlete may or may not fulfill it, or they may, or you may, or may not use it. And then, how will you measure it? Right? Measurement is key. What's your, what's your return and the investment in that particular athlete, that particular activity? Right? Just like any other marketing or sales investment, what's the return on investment? So, just just a couple of things to think about. Our athletes that we've used, Carrie uh, Walsh Jennings, who I hope is on the screen behind me. She was. Let's put her back up, please. Uh, which is a great shot. This is, uh, you know, this is from the Olympics, um, and uh, so Carrie down here. You know, uh, this is actually in, our, in some of our advertising right now. It's just such a beautiful shot of her, you know, in the heat of competition, wearing our product again in a very authentic way. We've also had. Uh, does, does everybody know who Meb is? Yeah. One of the few people you can go by the first name only, but uh, an iconic. Uh, the, the American iconic long distance runner. He's used our product for years as well. And another great ambassador for, for our brand. Kelly O'Hara, uh, who's with the uh, US women's soccer team, right? Uh, a more contemporary athlete um, who is, again, a terrific representative. And then you have the intangibles, right? These are not paid endorsements, but. Um, in the AFC Championship game a couple years ago, if you remember, Tom Brady had a cut on his hand. Uh, they, th his doctor came to us looking for a solution. Um, and that was because Ed Terrace, who's over here, met uh, Dr. Ella Trash at, uh, at the uh, Baseball Trainers Association meeting. Right? Built a relationship, came to us looking for a solution. Um, so you know, th at, the end, at the end of the game, Tom's waving to the you know, to the, to the crowd, he's got KT tape on his hand. You can't pay for that, right? The point being that 
you have to be you have to uh, sow the seeds of that kind of uh, response. The same thing with Tiger Woods uh, at the uh, uh, Open Championship. Tiger woke up with a stiff neck. He ended up with two uh, strips of KT tape on his neck, right, with the logo showing. I hope it's still up behind me. Yep. Um, we had no relationship with Tiger, and it was because of a, uh, a, a, a PT that was on tour who, who helped him with it. Right, he did us a favor by putting the logos up. Yeah, we got a call from the uh, uh, from his agent saying, "Yeah, the logos won't be up tomorrow, unless you're willing to pay X amount of dollars." Yeah, we we can't afford that, right? So, so the point being, the whole deal with athletes, um, think through what you want to do, who's the right athlete, what you're asking them to do, um, how you're going to measure it, but also set the seeds, uh, sow the seeds along the way of getting these, you know, call it lightning in a bottle events. And for our brand, which is all about, um, you know, the validation of the product, the seeing tape in use, seeing the product on the field, right? Th these, are, these are invaluable for us. Some you can pay for, and a lot you can't. This is a question that both you two could answer, but I want to piggyback off of some things that you were saying, Greg, when you're talking about, and it, and it makes total sense to want to find more of an organic partnership, um, somebody who's already passionate about what you're doing because that's going to be so apparent as they represent your company. But when you're looking at your professional athletes, it's a little bit easier to pinpoint those people because you can flick on ESPN or ABC and, and you see that, oh, they're wearing our tape. But when you're looking for the college athletes who may not have as big of a spotlight on them, when you're going through that selection process, is that more them positioning themselves to catch your attention and to reach out to you guys? Or are you guys actively looking at amateur athletes and trying to find those partnerships? Yeah, excellent question, so thank you. Um, we don't know yet. <laughs> is the short answer. Excellent answer. <laughs> right? Because it, it, is an, it is an evolving field that we're, that we're looking at. Um, we, do, we do have relationships with a lot of amateur athletes that tend to be Olympic athletes. And uh, we have a team that is constantly looking in the, in the Olympic uh, arena, if you will, for the, right, for the right representation of our brand and against the criteria that we set. We'll be, we'll be expanding that into the collegiate level as well. Um, and one of, the, one of the keys, and, and you've, you've already mentioned it, which is you know, the organic or the authentic use, that's going to be hard to find, right? Um, as an example, on the PGA Tour, anybody who's playing on the weekend, um, about two-thirds of those players have KT tape on, but you never see it. So if, how do we know, right? So it'll be the relationship that we develop with trainers, the relationships that we develop with coaches in the schools to find those players who can be the best representatives for us. And Drew, when you're talking to athletes and their families, what are you telling them is the best way for them to position themselves to different brands? Make yourself visible. You know, you got to put yourself out there. And that's by signing up on a free platform. That, that's by letting people know you're interested in NIL. That's by reaching out to business owners of products and, and, and businesses and brands that you are interested in. You know, 
I was telling Greg, I used KT tape back in 2010, 11, 12, 13 when I was playing. I wasn't getting paid, but it helped me stay on the field. And I think, you know, in this day and age, student athletes have the power to DM KT tapes Instagram and say, I absolutely love your product. Are you guys looking to activate in this new NIL market? I'd love to start that conversation. And on the flip side, KT Tape can sign up for Icon Source for free, of course, and they'll have access to thousands of student athletes, and they can send them opportunities and details and say, are you interested in this? Then it's up to them to facilitate the agreement. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. What is KT Tape? Now you can start to plant those seeds, have conversations, and maybe something develops far past an endorsement opportunity. Maybe you start to become interested in sports technology after school and you rela your relationship with KT Tape just from a conversation blossoms into something when you're done playing sports. You know, we see the value of NIL far past just endorsement opportunities. And this is an evergreen pool of talent that's going to continue to renew itself year after year. There are 500,000 student athletes. That's an amazing number. You know, when you think of NIL, the hypothetical is 1%, quarterbacks point guards, Heisman Trophy, Naismith Trophy winners. That's just not the case. In reality, you have brands that want to activate female student athletes who are absolutely crushing it through two and a half months. Non-revenue student athletes who want these opportunities and will take advantage of them. Uh, and that's what the beauty of NIL is through the first 75 days. And we're continuing to see it grow and grow, which is really exciting. This is a question that all three of you guys could answer, but what do you guys think is the biggest danger or the biggest pitfall, whether it's for the student athletes, whether it's for brands that could come as we continue to just learn more and move into this new space? I have a friend who's uh, athletic director at a <coughs> SEC school. The fear as a mid-major athletic director first is football, basketball staffs, they have members on those staffs who are actually, if you will, scouting our rosters. So the technology makes it work and say, hey, I need to fill a hole here. And if you follow our world, right now, the limit is 85 scholarships for football. It's probably going to go to 90, 92, 93 because of COVID. And if kids leave early, transfer portal, all the other things, there's probably six or eight kids on our roster that we're nervous about are going to play somewhere else next year at a, if you will, a higher level because of opportunities. And, and part of it becomes, hey, if you come here, you've got opportunity A, B, C, and E. I think from the high school end, what, fear, what, what I'm fearful of is this becomes part of the, the overall recruiting pitch. And what I mean by that is um, AD friend tells me he's got five guys on his football staff that they've identified 250 high school kids, sophomore football players. They're going to recruit that pool. That's their pool, 250. And oh, by the way, Charlie Cobb lives in that neighborhood. I'm a booster of the school. I'm going to get into the T-shirt bumper sticker business for this kid at that high school. And we're going to create this business around, let's just say, Dean, Dean is an example. Dean's the best. We're going to have stickers, jerseys, all the things at the high school level. Well, now that kid is beholden to that person in that community. Is he paying attention to the coach? Is he paying attention to what he needs to be? And then, heaven forbid, Dean becomes a high school senior and he's not on the radar screen anymore and that goes away. And so it, as everything in life, it's, it, it, it kind of filters down and, and the reality of it is that we're setting unreal expectations. And, and you know, I was with, I'm on the college football playoff committee. Doesn't mean anything except I get to be in a room when the teams are picked for the finals. We were in Dallas earlier this week. One of my, one of the people on the committee I've gotten to be friends with 
played at Notre Dame. And I said, what's the best part about playing at Notre Dame? He says, it's true, it's a 40-year decision. And that's part of what we're after now, saying, okay, you come to our place, it's not a four-year experience, it's a 40-year experience. Is that really where we're, what, you know, the commercialism about what we're about? And so there, there's a number of things in this, but I, it's, going, it's not supposed to have impacts in recruiting. It's clearly going to have impacts in recruiting. That's all it is. It's all recruiting. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, and I think the, the danger for student-athletes and universities is as the rules were proposed, and there's no uniformity right now. States can play by their own rules. Schools can play by their own rules. I'm not in favor of that. I think there should be uniformity. And I think the delineation should be the separation between the school and the compensation, right? The, 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 the subline on this committee right here is amateurism in a new world. Amateurism means that the schools aren't paying the kids, and I think that's what should maintain. These are individual businesses paying individual student-athletes. The worst thing that could happen for a brand is to do a deal the wrong way, jeopardize the student-athlete's eligibility. Now, the student-athlete can't play, the brand's got a stain on it, and the university looks bad because they didn't have their eyes on the prize. That is what we do at IconSource, and that's how we believe the uniform rule will come out. This is maintaining amateurism, which is how the NCAA, you know, if you could say this, is getting it right. We want to maintain college sports and amateurism, but allow these kids the right to be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. So I think that delineation between the universities being involved in the compensation will maintain, and that'll play a huge favor for us for sure. If there's one other thing I can add, this has been going on for a long time. <laughs> John Elway played baseball for the New York Yankees as a professional while he was a quarterback at Stanford. I think his signing bonus was a half million dollars, if somebody remembers that. You could be a pro in one sport and an amateur in another. It makes no sense then when you think about Jeremy Bloom, who was a skier at Colorado, and he was world class, but he couldn't get paid from an endorsement standpoint because that violated rules. That, it made, that, that's the crux of why we are where we are. That made no sense. Still doesn't make any sense. At least today, people acknowledge it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think from my perspective, from a, uh, an athlete's point of view, right, uh, it comes back to what, how are they managing their own brand, right? Um, and everything you do, whether it's on the field or off the field, impacts your brand. Just like for us, what we do impacts our, our business. A bad deal from a brand perspective, you know, yes, you, could, you can recover from that a bad deal from an athlete's perspective, they may never recover from it. And executing that deal um, is important, right? Because it's your reputation that you're dealing with. Uh, from a, again, from a brand perspective, you have 20 athletes, you expect one, one is probably gonna go off the rails. And that's, that's just part of this. From, from another perspective from, from the brand side is don't think this is a cheap way to get the same impact you get from a professional athlete, because it's not gonna happen. There, there are those few that, yes, you can do that. But on a broad scale, it, it is not the inexpensive way to get athlete endorsements to, you know, to, to achieve your objectives as a business. Much like brands thought social media was a way to replace advertising. Well, I, I think we all know that's different now, right? Uh, it's, is it a necessary tool? Absolutely, but it's a different tool. Um, school, you know, college, college, high school athletes will be, a different, will be a different impact on the business, and I think you treat it that way. Right, what's the role it plays uh, to, to grow the business, to achieve your objectives? Uh, and likewise, on the, on the athlete side, um, what role will this company play in my, you know, in, in, um, in my uh, brand development over time? You choose the wrong company, 
and, there, and there's a way to choose wrong companies, um, then that has a, a, a long-lasting impact as well. I think uh, one thing Kelsey and Greg both touched on is why, why leverage an athlete and why leverage a student athlete? Because it does have more impact, right? Athletes care about grit, perseverance, teamwork. Uh, you see them overcome adversity. It's not spending dollars to a teenager who's doing dances on TikTok where it's not going to be an authentic engagement, right? And when you talk about doing things at scale with the influx of 500,000 student athletes into sports marketing, that's where technology plays a piece. There's a reason why sports agents have never been disrupted by technology. They continue to do things the same way. They have baked in relationships with their companies. They call their buddy at Coca-Cola. They call their friend at Home Depot and say, hey, I got this rock star kid. He's a stud. Let's go ahead and get him an endorsement deal. They've never had the need to have student athletes calling them and saying, hey, can you get me an NIL deal? These guys are negotiating paragraph five contracts for their NFL players that are literally paying their salary to keep food on their kids' tables. So what they can do now is disrupt sports agent marketing, which is what we're doing, and say, okay, we can do this at scale now, right? Now I can manage 25 college kids from my phone, and we've seen a, an extreme uh, positive, overwhelming positive reception to that, which is awesome. Drew, quickly, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this question, but when you're talking to an athlete, how are you coaching them, like we've mentioned, to make the right decisions? Because maybe they get an offer from a company and you believe if you hold out, I think you can get a better deal if you don't just take the first thing that comes just because there's an offer on the table. How are you teaching patients to the kids who, who need it, especially when there's money on the table? Yeah, Charlie, Charlie spoke to the Georgia state law and the Georgia legislation says that universities need to educate. They have to put education in front of these student athletes around NIL. I think that's extremely important. So you can hire out companies that are focused on brand building and marketing and understanding your value to get in with your student athletes and teach them this, was, this is what makes sense. This is possibly what your value is. This is how you can handle a negotiation like that. And then when they're ready to capitalize, if they're on icon source, they're going to put their bio on there, common likes and interests, link their social media pages, um, where are they from, where are they currently living. And brands can use that AI technology to say, hey, I'm really looking for a student athlete at University of Georgia who's interested in golf that's from the Atlanta area because I'm opening up you know, a new uh, golf experience store. Well, I would pop up because I love golf. I play at Georgia, and I'm a, full, you know, I'm a, I'm a University uh, Georgia student athlete. So then they had that authentic engagement. And right then you say, this does make sense. You know, if it's a tennis brand and I don't play tennis, I would know that that's not going to make sense. And if I tweet that out or if I show up at a tennis store, nobody's ever seen me play tennis before. I'm clearly doing it for a couple hundred bucks, and that's not going to make an impact. So the education piece from the university is extremely key. That's all brand new. So, so the opportunity to get in front of those student athletes and teach them that this is a real world moment. This is a welcome to the real world moment for student athletes, taxes, you know, the implications that you're going to have by collecting and, and, and putting yourself in line with a brand. Um, it's important. And again, we learn something new every single day, which is, which is really exciting. And Charlie, to wrap up with you, have you guys started implementing the programs that, that Drew's bringing up, that the, the schools are to educate them? Yeah, the, the financial literacy piece is not new. It's something that's been going on for, for a period of time. What's changed about it is the whole idea of, of brand building and the consulting. And the law allows a kid to have an agent or, or representative. It can't be a sports agent, but they can have attorneys go through and negotiate and, and, and understand the deals. Uh, I, I heard Coach, when I walked in earlier, 
that's part of the evolution we got to have. Kids have got to have access to people who understand this, that they can trust. Um, they don't need to listen to my opinion. They need to listen to someone that's going to affect, affect what they're doing down the road, that if they have the opportunity to go and, and, and professionally and play, there needs to be a symbiotic relationship. And that's, I think that's going to be an evolution in the law um, as it goes through. But, uh, you know, the challenge with getting a national, a national law done Frankly, yesterday, one of the biggest advocates to get one done is a former student athlete, Anthony Zales. He's in the Senate from Ohio. He's not running for re-election because of all the, the temperature that's in the, in the country at the moment. And so when you lose people that are actually trying to work to help make this thing um, be one, one consistent rule across the board, uh, it's, it's a challenge. And uh, you know this, the struggle is going to be everybody's in it for making kids and making the experience better for kids, giving kids every opportunity possible, modernizing the rules. It's never the 90% you worry about. It's always the 10% that's, that, okay, takes it and we live in this gray area and go. And that's where all the, that's where all the controversy and the, and the stories come from. And we forget that at the end of the day, the beauty of, the beauty of college athletics is we're taking young kids and giving them a chance to better themselves, get a college education, heck, even a diploma that helps them, you know, move on with life and, and, uh, so many of us have benefited from that experience that we tend to lose that narrative, which is unfortunate. A great conversation on something that has the potential to completely change college sports and have a major impact on amateur sports in general. Again, if you're not doing so already, you're missing out if you're not following Late Point Sports on social media. So follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and subscribe on YouTube at your window to everything happening on campus. I'm Corey McCartney. Thanks for listening. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, be a champion in every walk of life.